Wanna enlarge the children's church, that's gonna be another about fifty to eighty thousand Rand for the material to build that. We wanna enlarge the cafeteria area, that is another thirty, forty thousand Rand. And we wanna buy new chairs, and that's another seventy thousand Rand. That's it's quite a bit of money that 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 we trusting the Lord for, and I want to tell you why we're trusting the Lord for that. Um, so at the moment, for us to break even every month, it's 55,000 rand that we have to, that's what we need to make this, this congregation work. So for those of you that are tithing and are giving, thank you so much. Thank you for your obedience to the Lord. Because the Word of God says that, and you, I mean, I don't have to teach on finances. You all know about that. So take that which you want to give the Lord in your hand. I want to pray over that. Father, we thank you so much that we can look to you as our source that you are our provider, that you provide for us as individuals, as families, as a congregation. We give you all the honor, all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Go, 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 go. Good stuff. I was like very surprised. Not surprised. I'm not surprised. I just love the Lord's surprises. The morning I'm sitting in my office and I'm experiencing the Lord say, listen, tell the people that I love them. So I come down, and he has Peter in the back in the prayer room. And he's like, to everybody, the Lord loves you. The Lord loves you. The Lord. He's in the You're in the spirit, Peter. Well done. Um, love that. So I need three volunteers. Um, Eden, I need you. Yes, Ems, when you're done, please come here. Um, Another youngster. We need another youngster to come in. We're going to have a bit of a, a competition this morning. It's a challenge. You know, you get those challenges on, 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 on YouTube. I love those challenges on YouTube. Once those girls are done, they're going to join us. Unless you want to join us, Rustin. <laughs> He's like, he's like, no, uh-uh, not today. All right. Just let her come. I need her as well. All right. So yes, that yeah is the challenge. Ames, that's yours, okay? <laughs> Hold on to that. Oh, come on. Oh, come on. Oh. All right, take that. Okay, I need five this side. I need five that side. There's every five. One, two, one, two, three, four, five. There we go. You come and stand over here. All right. So you stand over here. Fantastic. And you can stand in the middle here. Okay. The competition is to eat five Mori biscuits in one minute. In one minute. All right. Are you guys ready? We're going to count to three. And we're going to see who does this. <laughs> okay. Hey, did he stop watch me? One, two, three, go. Go, Ebs. What is that? You got 30 seconds left. Come on, you did Come, Ebs. 
Keep going, but I see who's finished first. <laughs> Keep going, let's see who's finished first. You can take your plate. Thank you so much. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well done. Give it a hand. <laughs> Let's go to our text in Matthew 15, verse 21. You're going to see how this fits in. <clears throat> and we're working through Matthew, as you guys know. So we're at the stage where... Last time we spoke about, you know, the, the Pharisees complaining because they eat, Jesus' disciples are eating with dirty hands. And Jesus says to them, it's not what goes into you that defiles you, but that which comes out of you that defiles you, because it actually reveals what's in your heart. Okay, so if I am judgmental towards somebody else, that's something that's residing in my heart. There's a critical spirit in the inside of me. If I'm skinnering, in today's society, it reveals I'm a murderer because I'm killing people's reputation with my words. That's what comes out. If there's envy and jealous, it comes out. So that defiles me. And Jesus goes on on this, or Matthew goes on on this theme that I want to share with you. Then Jesus went out from there and departed to the region of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan. So I want you to put the word Canaan, replace that a non-Jew. That's you and I, a non-Jew. Somebody that doesn't belong to the house of Israel. Somebody that doesn't belong to Jesus' people, genetically, came to him. Saying, have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely demon-possessed. So let me just interject there. I'm naming this message that a cleansing diet can get you delivered. Okay, cleansing diet can get you delivered. So my daughter is severely possessed, but he answered her not a word. I just want to just think about that. Just for a second, stand still there. Yeah, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords just ignores somebody. Just ignores. She's speaking directly to him. And he ignores her. What happens in your heart when you speak to people and they ignore you flat? Well, if my children do that, I get, I get mad. If I speak to my wife and she ignores me, I'm like, hey, I'm talking to you. Put down your phone. I'm trying to, trying to connect with you. How does it make you feel when you speak to somebody and they just flat ignore you? Nice feeling, eh? That warm fuzzy was your feeling on the inside. Not at all. It's like, you know, you get angry. And if you've got some rejection issues, that will manifest right there and then. If you've got some inferiority issues, you, that will manifest right there and then. And then you vip and vi. But he answered her not, and his disciples came and urged him, saying, send her away, for she cries out after us. 
So now, not only is she being ignored by Jesus, his best friends are telling him, send her away, man. She's lastach. Imagine that. Imagine you go to a bride, and the host ignores you, and then all the friends around the bride tell the host, hey, won't you chase that person away? She's irritating us. Nice feeling. I mean, when I sit and think of that, I'm like, yo, that must hurt. If somebody had to do that to me, that will hurt me. I'll feel proper, proper excluded. Like I'm standing on the outside looking in. But answered, okay, but answered and said, this is Jesus' answer to her. I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. He says, woman, I'm not sent for you. I'm not here for you. I'm here for the Jews. I'm here not for you. Jesus is saying this to you and I. I'm not here for you. He's talking to this woman. He says, I'm not here for you. I'm here for the lost sheep of the house of Israel. You're not the lost sheep of Israel. You are Canaan. You are Gentile. You and I genetically don't belong to the fold. So I'm not here for you. This bride, it's not your bride. Okay. This party, it's not your party. It's not your bag. Please go away. And listen to this woman's response. I, I have to acknowledge this woman that she didn't react out of pain. She didn't react out of rejection. She didn't react out of anything. She reacted out of faith. She wasn't led by her feelings. Not led by her emotions. Not led by her experience. She's not led by her education. She's led by faith. We've got that. We live not by faith, but by sight. Or not by, yeah, not by sight. No. We've got that there. We read that. And we like to say that we've got lots of faith. We like to say that we can do it. But somebody just says something that you don't like, what happens? Get offended. People leave churches. Because the pastor says something that they don't like. Because it's too close to home. They get offended and they leave. The pastor addresses something like living together. He just says, you know, it's a sin. You can't do it. The pastor addresses something like homosexuality. It's not Adam and Steve. It's Adam and Eve. It's the birds and the bees, not the birds and the bees, or the bees that thought they were birds, and the birds that thought they were bees that got to the bees with the birds, <laughs> you know, that wanted to be bees, but then changed back to a bird. <laughs> the pastor speaks about, pastor speaks about how you, why are you raising your children, you disagree and you leave, you get angry. The pastor might say, listen, don't be drunk in wine, be drunk in the spirit. Now, while well, I'm never going back there, because he judges me. No, it's not judgment. It takes courage and it takes love to convey what the Lord says. Uncompromisingly in a world where we live in, where there are no absolutes, the Bible is an absolute. The word of God is an absolute. His ways are an absolute. And there is severe judgment. I want you to understand that if you live your life apart from Christ, you are living 
in the wrath of God. You've got the passive wrath of God, and you've got the active wrath of God. When God told Noah, listen, I want you to build me an ark, it was the passive wrath of God for a hundred years. And that culminated into the active wrath of God. And it started raining, and all those people perished. You see, when I live my life separate from the Word, separate from God, and I don't take what He gives me, I'm living under the passive wrath of God. You can go read Romans. That those are, that are not in Christ, the wrath of God rests upon them. It's not this vengeance God with a lightning bolt. and it is, His protection is not there. You have stepped out from underneath His protection. But when you marry your life with the Word of God, you come into the grace of God. It was not sent, I was not sent except for the lost sheep of the house of Israel. So he saw, then she came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. So three times she's been rejected here. Three times she's been told off, proper, her response is to worship him. That's her response. Three times she's been told off. Her response is to worship him. How many of us will do that? Being told of, scolded, corrected, and come and worship the Lord. You see, but she could see who he is. He's not just a mere man. Every time she addresses him, she addresses him as Lord. Lord. What does the word Lord mean? The word Lord means superior authority, the top authority. That's the Lord. That there which he speaks, that's life. There's no one higher than him. She brings her, humbles herself under him. She doesn't elevate her education or her degree or her success or her reputation above him. Not even her life experience. Then she came and worshipped him saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, it is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. So Jesus comes here and he's saying, he's back onto food. And he's saying, the lost sheep of Israel, those are my children. The others are dogs. It's fourth time she gets told off. Madam, you're a dog. How are you like that? Not my dog. <laughs> no. It's not good that I take the children's food and give it to the dogs. Now, by now, I'm proper offended. I don't know about you. I see some, some holy people that say, oh, well, that's, that's, I'll handle it. I'll handle it. Let's come, we'll deliver you of that lying spirit. We offended. Our emotions are getting, getting in the way. <laughs> and listen to her responses. And she said, yes, Lord. I have got a severe problem with people referring to Jesus on a very familiar tone. I want you to understand this. Abraham never called himself friend of God. Abraham was called a friend of God. You see, people saw Abraham move. They saw the blessing on his life and they said, that man there, that's a friend of God. Abraham didn't walk around like... I am a friend of God. That's arrogant. You see, when the big man upstairs 
I've got a problem with that because I'm not seeing him for who he is. I have to understand that he is Lord. He is the King of kings, the Lord of lords. He is almighty God. He is the creator of heaven and earth. He's going to come back one day and he's going to judge. He's going to raise the dead. He's going to send sinners to hell. He's going to, he is going to change this world. He's going to put his feet and everything we know will change. It's like Satan and his demons and in one stroke, they'll be in hell. I oh, know when you know one day the Lord and myself we're gonna have a discussion about these things. Oh really? Really? Do you think you're gonna be able to talk? Do you think you're gonna be able to stand and look him in the eye and say, please explain to me why my mother was like that? Or why didn't why didn't all my business ventures work? Do you think you're gonna be able to do that? Not a snowball's Johnson L. No ways. Because his eyes are with fire. Blazing fire. He's going to look and we're going to tremble. Tremble. And she says, yes, Lord. Yet each, even the little dogs, eat the crumbs we falls from the master's table. It worked out so nicely. Thank you, Jesus. The little crumbs, even the little crumbs, will eat, us dogs will eat this. Can you see how big her faith is? It's a crumb. That's it. So, sir, if I can have a crumb off your table, it'll be enough for me. Just a crumb. And then Jesus said to her, A woman, great is your faith. Let it be to you as you desire. And her daughter was healed from that very hour. Her daughter wasn't even present. The demon that possessed her wherever she was left because the king spoke. The king said, As your faith. That little crumb of faith that you have. You see... It's not about being clean. It's not about washing my hands. It's not about the external activities. Even his disciples fell into this trap in this thing. Lord, chase her away. She's bothering us. They've already elevated themselves. I want you to go to Deuteronomy 8. Verse 3. <coughs> Excuse me. It says, So he humbled you, allowed you to hunger, and fed you with manna which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that he might make you know that man shall not live by bread alone. Jesus is talking about what are you going to eat? What are you eating? Later on, he comes and says, I am the manna that came down from heaven. I am the manna. Jesus is asking us, will you eat me? Now, what happens a lot of times is that we come on a Sunday and we're trying to eat five Marty biscuits in one minute. 
just go. And we can't consume it. We cannot get it inside of us. So we have to put it aside or it comes out and we don't know. And then we walk out the door and then the pastor asks you, so what are you taking home? Nice sermon. No, I didn't ask if it was a nice sermon. I said, what are you taking home? What did you eat? No, it was a nice sermon. What did I talk on? No, I can't remember. You see, eating involves, and I don't have to explain this to you, but just you take your knife and your fork and you cut a piece off and you put it in your mouth. Let's say it's a nice medium steak. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> you put it in your mouth and you have to chew it and you have to experience the flavor. Some people, they don't, they eat like dogs. <laughs> How did that taste? No, it's nice. <laughs> Can I have seconds, please? <laughs> but you taste it and you chew it. And that meat then gets broken down, it goes down into your stomach, your stomach breaks it down, and it becomes part of you. It becomes part of you. The protein in that replaces damaged muscle tissue and, and so forth. I'm not a dietitian, but you guys understand what I'm trying to say. See, so when you eat, it becomes part of you. It changes you. This diet cleanses you out. It's a cleansing diet. Jesus saying, I don't want you. I don't need you to wash your hands. I don't need you to act all holy. I need you to eat of me. This woman says, Lord, can I have a crumb of you? Just a crumb. And that delivers her daughter from demonic. Second Corinthians, uh, 1 Corinthians 10. If you want to go there, 1 Corinthians 10, verse 1. Ah, come now. Moreover, brethren, I don't want you to be unaware that all our fathers were under the cloud. He says, we're coming out of Egypt. They were under that cloud, under the presence of the Lord. That cloud represents the Holy Spirit, the presence of all our fathers were there. And passed through the sea. When they passed through the sea, that's baptism. You can just read. And all were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. So these were people that genetically belonged to the fold of the Lord. These were people that, genet that, that not genetically, but was under the cloud of God's presence. These were people that were baptized. They fulfilling all the things that should take me and you to heaven. And ate the same spiritual food manner. Man is Jesus. They ate Jesus and drank the same spiritual drink, for they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, and the rock was Christ. Why was Moses so severely punished for hitting the rock twice? Because Jesus was to be crucified once, and that hitting is the crucifixion, and Jesus. Moses went and hit that rock again 
God said, you, you're stuffing up my prophetic image. You cannot crucify Christ again. He is crucified once and for all. Amen. His cross has made a way. Hebrews 10 says that the veil was torn. That is, his flesh was torn to make a way for us to come to our Father. See, they ate of Jesus. Jesus says to his disciples and the followers, let's divide it like that, the fans and the disciples, he says to him, unless you eat of my body and drink my blood, you've got no part in me. And 5,000 people turned around and walked away. Sir, this is a very hard saying. You see, unless I take the word, this word, John 1 says in the word, was with God, and the Word is God, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. So unless I take this and start eating it, okay, so I'm not saying tear out a page. <laughs> you can do that prophetically, I don't know. Um, just go see your doctor beforehand. <laughs> just make sure. I don't, I don't know what's going to do to your stomach. He's talking about taking the Word, the truth of the Word, and eating it and making it part of your life. So that the word changes who you are on the inside. And that this diet can deliver you from demonic. It can deliver you from rejection. It can deliver you from hopelessness. It can deliver you from a critical spirit. It can deliver you from anger. It can live, deliver you from a short temper. Because the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, goodness, kindness, mercy, long-suffering, self-control, and temperance. So you start eating, and the Spirit of God starts coming inside of you because it becomes part of you. It changes your nature. And suddenly, you're not walking around seeing how mean you can be, but you're walking around how loving you can be. You're not walking around anymore looking for people's faults, you're looking at what's good in them and start building them up with your words. But you have to eat. That crumb, you have to eat. You can't stuff it on a Sunday and think it's going to have an effect on you. It might just blow out your nose. You see, if we understand that Jesus was the spiritual bread. The Holy Spirit was that water. He is that rock. And we understand that we need to start eating him. Say, Lord, you see, the, the problem is that sometimes we go over and we say, we're going to take communion. And that's very good. That we must do it as often as we can. Take communion. But there's no power in that if I am not making it part of me. If I am trying to cleanse the outside, wash my hands, and not eat. It's not about the doing. It's about the eating. It's not about the analyzing of the Word of God, or the memorizing of the Word of God, or the study of the Word of God, or evaluating the pastor, or whether it was a good or nice message or not. It's about eating Christ. Eating the Word, saying, I'm going to eat it, 
I'm going to savor it, and it's going to become part of me. And there where I argue, I'm going to eat some more of the same so I can argue less. You see, it's about putting Jesus exactly where this woman put him. She put him in a place of lordship. She said to him, Lord, 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 Lord. It's a heart subject to him. It's a heart receiving him. Now I'm eating. Now I'm being cleansed. Now the cavities in my heart gets filled with his love. And I no longer pursue false love. I no longer pursue the passions of the flesh. I no longer pursue position and power and people. I pursue the Lord. So I no longer look at his hand, but I look at his face. See, you, sir, are my exceedingly great reward. I want you. I want you, Lord. And he changes my inside. And when my inside changes, my behavior changes. I need to then repent of that which I know is wrong. I need to walk away from it. Whether it's I'm staying together, whether I get, you know, like to drink too much, whether I'm addicted to something, substance, whether I'm a skinner, whether I'm critical, whether I get angry, whether I think I'm better than other people. It doesn't matter. When I eat Christ and He transforms the inside of me, becomes part of who I am, He delivers me. He delivers me. He can even deliver those far away from me with a little bit of faith. Not a whole Mari biscuit, just a crumb. He can deliver. And now, because you see, we have to talk about this because so many people want to walk in a legalistic thing that, listen, I'm under grace or the Lord will understand that I've got this, or I am this, or I am that, and living a lifestyle contrary to the Bible, and thinking they're going to heaven. It's not happening. If you are married and you still act like you're single, how long is that marriage going to last? Hmm? Let's go for coffee. You and some other woman. Wednesday night you have coffee with other woman. How long is the marriage going to last? It ain't going to last. You, when you become married, the single spirit needs to leave you. When you get saved, the spirit of the world leaves you. It departs from you. You can't walk in that same spirit anymore. Then we have to question, has the spirit of God then come into me? Or is it all an intellectual exercise? I'm just reading the Bible and I come to church and I pray even, but it's all an intellectual exercise and there's no relationship. It's not become part of me. I have to eat it, chew on it, and allow it to become part of me and change me. And then I will automatically walk away from the sinful stuff, from the stuff that want to fill my heart that's not the love of God. That's not the kingdom of God. That's not legalistic. It's not grace upon grace upon grace. Oh, we live under grace. It's, 
And it's also not legalistic. There's no condemnation. It's a process. It's understanding what happens when I start eating the Lord. The Word of God and making it part of me and allowing Him to impact me. You see, I want you to understand that the Lord will never, ever do anything which you don't allow Him to. He's a gentleman. So if you're going to argue with the Lord about anything in your life, I want you to know that you're not even arguing with the Lord because He's not the spirit of arguing. He's the spirit of peace. And He's the spirit of truth. He leaves you to argue with you. You can argue with, the, with your mind all day long. You're not arguing with the Lord. He's the spirit of peace. He cannot argue with you. He doesn't want to argue. He, he refrains from that. He waits until you now settle down and say, can we talk again? Can we talk about that thing in your life? You see, when the Lord comes and asks you, can we talk about something? Or the Lord asks you, um, do you know how to pray? Or the Lord asks you, do you know how to handle your finances? Your answer needs to be the same. Lord, please tell me. Obviously, I don't. <laughs> the minute I go into, yes, I know how to handle my finances already. The Holy Spirit says, okay, carry on your way. Because it comes with a question. Why does he do? Because he doesn't know. He's omnipresent, omniscient God, all-powerful. He knows exactly what's going on in your life and your heart and inside. And you're praying about finances, 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 finances. Then the Lord comes to you and says, listen, do you know how to manage your finances? Yes, I know how to manage it. Good. You're not ready to talk yet, are you? But the man says, do you know how to handle your finances? He says, Father, I've been praying about it. Please tell me. Then he'll show you where you're doing it wrong. He won't condemn you. He'll say, listen, that, that needs to go there. Do you know what goes on top of your, of your budget? Do you know what goes right on top? Your tithing. Now people come and argue. Yeah, but I give my time and I give the... Good, you're still not ready. Carry on. Until you come to a place. You see, this woman came to say, Lord, my daughter is possessed. I've done everything I can. No, Lord, just give me a crumb. She's come to the ends of her own wit. And she's come to the place where she says, He knows best. That's, if I'm battling with my relationships, that's where I need to go. I can't, don't, the minute I think I know how to do my marriage, oh, my brother, welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Then I also hear this thing. Uh, no, no, you can't take the children's food for the dogs. Those no? <laughs> people are going to help us with the communion. Why don't you come up quickly? We're going to do communion. Father, we thank you so much for your presence. Thank you, Lord, that we've come to this place where we can actually eat. Lord, and it's symbolic of your body. It's symbolic of your blood. And we just want to come and say, Lord, maybe I haven't done it right. Maybe you and I, we haven't done it right. Maybe we've, we've put a, 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 
religious power into taking the communion, not understanding that we need to eat of Jesus. Just give to everybody first. That we need to eat of Jesus. We need to eat the word and make the word part of us. You see, so when I drink that blood, I'm saying, Lord, I believe what your word says about your blood. That it washes me clean of my sin. So I'm sorry about my sin. I'm sorry for when I did this. I'm sorry for when I did that. I'm sorry that I argue with you. I'm sorry. I no longer want to be that person. Would you change my heart? I want to receive your blood to wash me clean, not just today, but wash me clean in my nature. All of us can sometimes argue with healing. I've been trusting the Lord for healing for, in my body for a very long time. Very long time. I know there's people here that have trusted the Lord for 20 odd years plus for healing in their body. And it hasn't come yet. It doesn't change the fact that his body was broken so that we can be healed. So we can be healed. There are so many healing scriptures. So whether you've got cancer, whether you like me struggling with uh, um, spinal problems, muscular problems, his body was broken and bruised for our healing. And I will never argue. All I say is, Lord, I just need one word of you. And you will heal me from the top of my head to the soles of my feet. Some of you have been walking in pain for years and years and years. I want you to have that little crumb of faith that this Canaanite woman had. This little crumb of faith. Saying, Jesus, today as I eat this, I believe that this crumb can heal me. Your body was broken. Maybe there's an addiction that needs to be broken. You, and you've been battling. And you can't get rid of it. Or an inferiority, insecurity, a resentment, a hurt. He's come to bind up the broken heart. Eat this today. Chew on it. Chew on it. Let it become part of your being. Find scripture that supports that when you go home. Meditate on that scripture. Speak that scripture over your life in faith. Saying, Lord, this is what your word, this is the promise in your word. I'm taking it. Let's eat. Everybody got, everybody served? Let's eat together. Father, we thank you so much for your blood, for your body. Thank you for your healing right now. In Jesus' name. Father, thank you for your love. Thank you that you love each one of us. You loved us so much that you gave your only son to die on a cross for us. That as we drink your blood, 
It's for the forgiveness, the remission of our sins, making us white as snow. Lord, please forgive us our sins as we drink this now. In Jesus' name. Every head bowed, every eye closed, please. My prayer is that you, you'd see that the Lord is kind and merciful. Even this woman that wasn't of the house of Israel. He delivered her daughter from demonic. You see, you and I, as we sit here, if we can say, Lord Jesus, you can save us. And maybe you have, and maybe you haven't. So open your heart. Not give your heart to the Lord. You're not saved by what you give. You're saved by what you receive. John 1.12 says, As many as received Jesus as Lord, to him or to those he gave the right to be called children of God. You sit there and we're going to pray together as a, as a family. Dear Lord, Jesus, Dear Lord Jesus, I hear you knocking on the door of my heart. Lord, I open my heart for you to come in. Come be part of me. Come reside inside of me. I believe that you were crucified. That you died. That you rose again. And that you are Lord. Come and be my Lord. My Redeemer, my everlasting Father, I ask in Jesus' name. Lord, I walk away from my old life now. I will act like a child of God. Because that is what I am. In Jesus' name. Amen. If you've prayed that, keep your eyes closed, please. Your heads bowed. If you've prayed that for the first time or something's in that line today, why don't you just look at me, please? Just, I'm not going to ask you to come to front. I just want you to look at me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Father, we thank you for people that have responded to your word. Lord, thank you for the crumb that's enough to save. Thank you for the cleansing diet that we have that delivers us and sets us free. Come and have your way in us. In Jesus' name. Amen. Won't you stand with me? And I want to bless you and we're going to have some coffee.